0: We're going to talk about worship right now. Um, The reason why I think this is super important is because I think that we say the word worship, and we don't really know what we're talking about. It's, It's lost a lot of its meaning. Because for most of us, when we hear someone say worship, we think singing. We think a guitar. We think a piano or an organ, depending on whatever your denominational background is or history is. And we need to understand we need that it, worship is more than just singing songs, although it does include singing songs, right? So what I want to do is, I first, I want to look at a really broad definition. Then I want to look at really narrow, specifically. And when we come together as God's people to worship corporately, so the word when we say corporately, that means as a body. And so we will have corporate worship services, and the point of those services are to worship God. But we also need to have a good understanding that when. When worshiping god isn 't just when we 're singing songs to him or about him, but that one our lives need to be lived in worship to God, and then also when we're talking about a worship service that every part of that is supposed to be us worshiping God, M- not just by saying things to him or about him, but by hearing from him, responding submission, and obedience all right so first we 'll look at a really broad definition, the most broad the 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 broadest definition you could have is our the proper human response to God, right? Worship is the proper human response to God. But let's flesh it out. This this definition comes from a guy named Daniel Block. He was, he's a professor and he wrote a book called For the Glory of God, which is a biblical theology of worship. He said this, true worship true worship involves reverential human acts of submission and homage before the divine sovereign in response to his gracious revelation of himself in, in accordance with his will. Look at how each one of these words is super important. That worship involves reverential, that's us being reverent, right? Human acts of submission, us giving of ourselves to God, submitting to His will, and homage, giving Him the honor and glory that He deserves before the divine sovereign, who is sovereign, has to do with kingship, that He's the King, and that He's the King in control of everything, in response to the gracious revelation that's through His Word, well, through nature, His Word, and then ultimately in Jesus, and in response to the gracious revelation of Himself, and in accordance with His Word. Right? If we can wrap our brains partially around this, we can better understand what it means to live a life of worship, right? Because we see over and over in Scripture that we're supposed to do everything for God, everything to God, everything for the glory of God. Well, if you think everything for the glory of God, does that mean I need to be praying the whole time or singing songs the whole time? No, we're, we're talking about reverential acts of submission and homage before the divine sovereign because of how he's revealed himself to us, all right? So this is a, that's our really broad definition. So then let's start looking at more narrow, right? Because when we um, worship is more than just singing, but it also involves singing, right? Worship is, should, be, it should take on our whole life, but it, and if it's supposed to be our whole life, then it definitely needs to be when we're worshiping together, right? So when we talk about corporate worship together, we're talking about the goal is God's people together, worshiping God. And it's easy for us to think that in singing songs, that this is the easiest way to think about worshiping because, right, because we're saying things to God and about God, right? You know, it's, if, if, uh, if you want to tell someone that you love them, right, you can do things for them, but if you want to make it clear, you use your words, and that's exactly like what we're talking about here. Like our lives need to be lived for God. But part of that is by expressing our devotion to Him and expressing true things about Him by what we're saying. So we need to be aware of what we're doing when we're singing to God in worship. Like for instance, in Ecclesiastes chapter 5, the first couple verses in Ecclesiastes chapter 5 says that we need to guard our steps. This is crazy. Guard your steps when you go to the house of the Lord that to draw near to worship rather than to offer the sacrifice of fools. And what he's saying is that we need to to be careful when we're coming into God's presence, realizing that we don't want to just say a bunch of things. He says because the more we say to God, the more opportunity is for us to be foolish, right? If you just keep talking, there's a better chance that you're going to say something that's silly. And he says that what we need to do is we need to be careful when we're making a vow to God. Because I don't know if you guys know this, a lot of the songs that we sing to God, we're, we're, I mean, in worship, we're singing them to God. You know, there's a word that we use to talk about our communication with God, right? What's that? Prayer. Yeah. And a lot of times we're just vocalizing prayers to God. And what, what, the, uh, what the author of Ecclesiastes is telling us is that you need to be careful when you make a vow to God, when you make a promise to God. Because he says it's better to not make a promise to God than to make a promise and not fulfill it. And that, that even goes for when you're singing songs to God. Because if you're singing songs to God, telling God, this is what I'm doing for you, I want to do this for you, then you need to be willing to back that up. Isn't that crazy? So we need to be, because again, remember our overall definition is we're talking about reverential acts of submission and homage before God, that we need to, be, we need to have reverence when we're talking to God and about God. And it's tough because in our culture, we've turned worship into just a genre of music, right? We've got to be careful with what we're saying. So we're going to talk about, we're going to do some practical tips for when we come together to worship God corporately. And this applies to you whether or not you're in a team or a band that is leading God's people and singing together, or if you're part of a congregation, a body that's singing to God together. So look, first we we need to sing songs that are singable. That just makes sense because the goal is for us all to be saying these things to God and about God together, right? And then we need to sing songs that are true. This is really important. And for, so this applies for those people who are leading. They need to make sure that they are singing, that they're leading God's people and saying true things. But what you need to do is you need, if you're responding in the body, you need to make sure that you believe these things that you're saying. That's a really big deal. And not just that you believe it, but that you mean it. It's really funny. I was talking to a student pastor the other day. About he said, he said, man, it just seems like you're, you're just enthusiastic about these songs when you sing them all the time. And the reason for that is because uh, I think I have, I have a really bad memory. It's just funny. I have to have the words and the chords in front of me for me able to sing songs. Like if you gave me a guitar right now and said, let's sing this song that you've sung every day for the past 10 weeks. I'd be like, oh, how does that go? I have no clue. And it's helpful because and then I just get to think through the songs all the time. Like, man, every time I sing it, I'm like, this is a really good song, you know? But, and that's why it's important to sing things that are true and that you mean it. And we need to be comfortable saying these things to God or about God. And especially if you're leading somebody, like some silly things. There's some people, because worship has become a genre of music, people are trying to make money making worship songs, which can be pretty easy, it seems, because some of them are terrible. Like, I can remember, there's a song from the 90s called Marvelous Light by a guy named Charlie Hall, um, who's godly, loves the Lord, awesome dude. Uh, he's a worship leader at a church. And, uh, but, and it's coming from First Peter. It's really great. It actually has the same basic thing that, uh, that uh, Glorious Day has the same basic theme. And it's come, but uh, there's a bridge in it that says, I raise my hands and spin around. Yeah. Nope. I'm not going to do that. Not only am I not, not going to do that, if everybody did that, that would be weird, right? <laughs> Is this really what we're doing here, guys? Um, so you got to be, so, I mean, pay attention to what you're saying. It's funny, in our, uh, uh, there's a song that we, we use in our church. Uh, we haven't sung it for a long time. But it's uh, it's it's from the passage when Paul says that I, I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified, which is awesome, right? Well, some there's a, some people wrote a song about. It. We've sung it some, and before we sang it, we ha- I had to like give everybody like an intro because the the chorus says, "Let me know nothing." Do we really want to say that? Yeah. And then it says, let me know nothing beside Jesus. Let me know nothing beside him crucified. And so it's like, okay, I get it. But I want everybody to, to know what we're getting to. Like, okay, we're going to get to a part It's going to say, let me, you're praying to God to let you know nothing. It's okay. The end of the sentence is good. You know, it's biblical. But you got to be careful, right? But for most of us, a lot of times, and this is so sad, we're not paying attention to what we're saying. So you need to pay attention that they're true, that you believe it, that, um, and that, that you mean it, and that they're elevating the gospel. Because when we're singing songs together, it, this, this does help soften our hearts and prepare us to hear from God's word. But it's also a way of reiterating truths about God and reiterating the gospel. So let's make sure that we're doing that. And some people will get upset and they'll be like, I didn't like that. Uh, I didn't like that worship service because it was so emotional, Right? Well, that is not a good criticism. You, you see what I'm saying? Because God made us with emotions. Emotions are good and our emotions should be submitted to the Lord in worship. But what you need to pay attention to is what is it that you're excited about? What is it that's exciting these emotions? Is it because the drums are building in a certain way and then it cut out? Wasn't that awesome? Well, any, you could be singing about anything and get excited like that. But what you want to make sure is that you're excited. Your emotions are being brought into submission to the Lord. And you're excited about the true things that you're singing. Like that song that we sing, um, I'll Fix My Eyes, right? And the bridge talks about being in the presence of God, singing with thousands, ten thousands, quoting Revelation, singing holy, holy, holy. If you're a believer, that should get you so excited, because we're looking into the throne room of God, that you have a part in worshiping God for eternity, joining in a song that's been going on for eternity, right? Yeah, not because well, it went to this minor chord and then it came back, and it was, you know that's not what that's not the goal, right? So, um, and then so a couple some more practical tips. One, especially if you're the one leading in worship, change the words if you need to um, for doctrinal clarity or. Um, or for correcting something. Like, for instance, um, we sang a song last year called Beautiful Name, which is great. I remember Brody and I were at a conference uh, in Florida and we heard people sing this. We're like, man, this is awesome, except for what about that second verse where it says, you didn't want heaven without us. Now, I don't know what the person was thinking when they wrote this. And there's truth to that, but it's unclear. Because at one way you could interpret it saying that Jesus is just sitting pouting in heaven, thinking, "Oh man, I'm so lonely. I just need people up here with me." Well, that's not that's not the way. I mean, Scripture tells us He doesn't need anything, right? Who has given a gift to Him that He could repay, right? He so we changed it to we couldn't reach heaven without you, which is true. So Jesus, so God, you sent Jesus down, perfect, right? Um, or we all, we, ch- we change hymns to make Him clear. Like, uh, come thou fount. I love it. Awesome. Really great uh, hymn. But the second verse says, here I raise mine Ebenezer. Have you ever done that? Do you even know what thine Ebenezer is? Yeah, me either. Had to look it up turns out it's from it's from one reference in the bible and it's talking about like a rock of remembrance like they would build memorials it's talking like about this is how god has worked and he's been faithful in the past so we can trust and be faithful in the future so we just changed the words that to, to make it more clear like through my life your hand has led me right great perfect or even we changed the song uh the words of the song we sang last year called grace alone that in the bridge it's quoting from ephesians and it says you predestined to adopt us as your own but that word predestined throws a lot of people off even though it's from the bible so we just changed it so we wouldn't so people wouldn't be like trying to sing along and worship god together and be like wait what you know so we just changed it easy Right? And then some other practical tips, especially if you're leading in worship, man, it makes sure that your heart is right, that you mean what you're saying. And for a band, if you guys are part of a, brand, a band that's, that's, that's uh, leading in corporate worship, make sure that you're not a distraction. It's not about you. It's not about getting people to think that you're really good. So and I say, don't be a distraction by being too good or too bad, Because if, if people and this happened once here it was really bad. Uh, There's a guy who's leading in worship, and he had uh, he was using my guitar, which is great, but I have two different capos. One of them has some parts cut out on it, um, and he used that, and it sounded terrible. And the whole time, the whole song, he's just going, and we're like, I can't, This is. it was just bad, right? So don't be too bad, but also you don't want to be too good to where at the at the end of the service, somebody comes up and is like, man, that guitar was awesome. Okay, well, where's your focus here, right? And, and, and you know, you, we also have a word for setting yourself up in place of God. That's idolatry. And you don't want to draw attention to you, but you want to use even, I mean, Scripture talks about using instruments to worship God. As if, and whatever your hand is fine to do, do it wholeheartedly as unto God, but not in a way that it becomes a distraction so that people are not fixing their eyes on the Lord, but on your face melting solos, right? So just be careful then. And then remember, it's not about you. I think uh, other things real quick, incorporate scripture and liturgy, depending on your your setting, make principled stands and stick to them. Like uh, we went to a conference and uh, we were gonna sing a song together and the pastor of the church said, hey guys, we don't, we don't do stuff by those people because they're preaching heresy. And I said, well, then we won't either. Thank you. You know, and it was so funny because, I mean, he, they, the guy was like, man, I'm sorry. The pastor said this. And I said, no way. That's awesome. Thank you for doing your due diligence. Right. I don't want to endorse something like that. It's great. And then remember that our lives are to be lived and worshiped to God. That's it. Right. So whatever, wherever it is, whether, whether we're in together as God's people, worshiping him, Worshiping him through song, or if we're living out like in the world. Being living out what God has called us to. This, is to. this is to be lived as worship. In the Old Testament, they had a sacrificial system where they would they would sacrifice animals as worship to God. In the New Testament, we have a sacrificial system, but it's different because we are supposed to be living sacrifices. Romans 12 says, I appeal to you, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable God. This is your worship, right? This is your spiritual or this is your reasonable worship, all right? Let me pray for you to be finished. Father in heaven, thank you for this time. I pray that you will help us to think through these things, and that uh, we will honor you. In Christ's name, amen.